Hey, thanks everybody for joining uh, Doctrine Matters. Um, I got a thought on my mind. I'd like to share it. If you would uh, be okay with me sharing my uh, testimony. The Bible says, He that ministry, let him wait on his ministering. He that teacheth on teaching. He that exhorteth on exhortation. And my mind, my mind goes to whatever happened to let's wait on God. If it's God's will, the door will open. If it's God's will, God's vision that he gave you will unfold on itself. My mind is constantly racing when I have preachers come to me and say, oh, I'm doing this. It's going to happen soon. We're going to make it happen sooner than later. Um, without the elders' approval, without um, the pastor uh, giving his blessing, we're just going to make it happen. The Bible requires us to wait. I think, it, I think there's a lot of meaning behind the waiting that causes success because yeah I was at the age of 16 I was ready to go start a church but I didn't know how I it wasn't ready I was not ready I was an egg I was a chicken in an eggshell I was not ready I was a, a eagle in an eggshell let's put it like that and I was not ready to fly if I jumped out the nest then, I would be a splotch on the ground. I would be a vague memory. Nobody would see, God wouldn't have seen the ministry that he had prepared for me to do. So, there's something in waiting. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall walk and talk and not be weary. Walk and talk and not faint. You have to have an attitude that I am not going to be impatient. It's going to happen. I'm happy that it's going to happen. God spoke to me. And because God spoke to me, it's going to happen. I don't care what the critics say. I don't care if they say I'm too dumb. I'm too ugly. I'm uneducated. It doesn't matter. If God wants a church in Lake County... God's going to raise up a man to do it. And if it takes an unlearned fisherman, then there's going to be an unlearned fisherman come into Lake County and start this apostolic church. So I don't care what the critics say. Yeah, I might be dumb. Yeah, I might be ignorant. Yeah, whatever. I don't really care what the critics have to say. Let social media be social media. Let bad news fly. At least they're talking about me. Ah, that's a joke. Anyways, so there's something in waiting. There's something powerful when a man of God knows when it's time and when it's not time. And when there's resources and when there's not resources. And, and knows when the family's on board and when the family's not on board. There has to be patience. Preacher, preacher friend, if you're listening, 
You have to wait on God when it's time to wait on God. Because if you push doors open, if there's no road built, you might fall flat on your face. Okay? There's patience, the Bible says, is a virtue. There's something virtuous about a patient preacher. On the other hand, a preacher, an apostolic preacher, has to be at the edge of his seat waiting for clearance. Waiting for the go. Waiting to make it happen. You know, the United States military has got Navy SEAL 6 on the ready at all times. They're at the edge of their seat. They've been training for every possible situation so that when they get into the sticky situations that they get into, that nobody dies. That their mission is accomplished and they hold the reputation of Navy SEAL 6. Well, an apostolic preacher has to be ready at all times. We have to be ready to go when it's time to go. We have to be ready to preach that funeral when it's time to preach the funeral. We have to be ready to pray over the sick when it's time to pray over the sick. We've got to be serious about the apostolic business. We have to be serious about doing what we're told. So, why not? Why not wait if it's time to wait? You don't see nothing moving. Why make it move? If you don't see the the wind blowing or the spirit moving, why are you blowing your blowing uh, air into the air to try to make something happen? It's not going to work. If you have divine intervention, nothing's going to stop you. Right now we're having church in Lincoln Community Center, and I'm excited about it. And I'm so excited about it that we are going to be moving the church to Hammond uh, sooner than later. I feel it in the spirit, but we can't just ju- jump the gun and, and do something if there's nothing there yet. I mean, there's something there, but the door hasn't opened yet. We've been looking, and uh, we've been passing out tracks, passing out flyers. When the time comes, the doors will open. When the time comes, the doors will open, and we'll be in Hammond having an apostolic church. There was three or four preachers that has folded their churches since we started in Hammond. And my heart breaks for the community because they need they need an apostolic church. I was 16 years old at the edge of my seat, waiting to be used of God, and I become an usher. From an usher, I got to be a sound man. From the sound man, I was faithful over the few. I started to be. Um, lead worship preach a little bit my first message was in chapel at Christian school preparing for a battle my second message was flight 777 which is the rapture and then it just went on from there I started talking about the dangers of evil music music that's not glorifying God and I had a calling the whole time, and I really 
I loved my city that I was from and I, I wa wanted to reach out to those people and I did yet I had this calling that I, I held on to because the time wasn't yet I am not going to the pastor I had my attitude my, I'm not going to the pastor to tell him what I'm going to do the pastor's going to come to me and ask me what is it that I'm I feel to do what is it that God's calling me to do and when my pastor come up to me and ask me that was the time to tell him that I felt very strongly about coming to Lake County we are going to start a church in Lake County and we have we're going to start a church in Gary I live right next to Gary I may just have a midweek service over in Gary devil I'm here to establish the grounds between me and the devil devil we've come here to stay and we're going to start a church in we're going to move our church to Hammond and we're going to we're going to go go into Cook County we're going to take we're going to take the authority the dominion over Cook County which is going to be a battle which yeah there's going to be spiritual war we've already experienced it we've been experiencing it we're engaged in battle the war is on but there's a process the pastor just had to see if I am what I'm made of my pastor Patrick had to see what I was made of if you're a minister listening to this you are being tried right now you're being tested on every decision you make if you decide to go kiss that girl that's not your wife, then you are making a decision about your ministry. Many are called, but few are chosen. God doesn't need me, but God has chosen me. Because you decide to go and commit adultery, then go. There's probably two or three preachers en route because God's calling a church in this region. You have your head on your shoulder. Maybe God can call them to other places, but because you're messing around with sin and getting on the internet, messing around with stuff on the internet, and because you're getting on the radio and messing around with stuff on the radio and getting, maybe you bought yourself a little devil's tube, a stupid tube, and you're watching idolatry sports on the, on the television, whatever the situation is, all of a sudden, the Lord's seen your fall before you even fell. The Lord sees all things. What are you going to do? You're going to be able to change the future. God can change the future if He wants to. Now that's another topic for another day. But God's—he's the beginning. He's the ending. And if God can shut down time, He can stop the sun right where it's at. If God could freeze people right in their steps, if God could make things invisible to people, if God can do miraculous works, He can change your future. Your decision right now changes your future. Whether you believe that or not, I don't care. Somebody gets in a bad marriage. Well, you, you have to 
have long suffering. There has to be long suffering. Well, I don't want to. I think that I should be treated better. You need to have long suffering. You need to take this to the Lord in prayer. Maybe God can fix fix the situation. Maybe God can fix your wife or your husband. Maybe you can, they that endure to the end shall be saved. There's something about patience and enduring. And we're going to be impatient. We're going to be frustrated with, with, um, We're going to be frustrated with our wife or our husband. Therefore, we're going to make a step of divorcement. And you start crossing boundaries that's damnable. I'm talking a heaven or hell issue. Yeah, go ahead. Say, I'm going to go ahead and write a bill of a divorcement and wait for him to commit adultery. The Bible says if you divorce your husband or wife, you cause your spouse to commit adultery. You are sinning. It's premeditated sin. Yeah, that's big. I'm right now I'm driving and I cannot get the, the references out. But I I'll do a I'll do a special on divorce. But it's long suffering. You're just as you have to have long suffering with your wife or husband. Oh, they went and committed adultery. Okay, well then it's time for you to let them go and go marry somebody that's going to be faithful. And this time, date them a few more times. This time, make sure that they're a real genuine man or woman of God that loves God more than they love you. Because if they love God more than they love you, they're going to treat you right. But if they do decide, you don't treat them like trash so that they would leave either. Don't cause your spouse to commit adultery. Don't cause, can I say it any louder? Don't cause your spouse to commit adultery. You need to love your wives as Christ has loved the church. Love your husbands. Submit yourself to your husband. Have your husband's back. He'll have your back in a heartbeat. If you don't have your back, pray for him. If you don't, if he's not behind you, pray for him. Don't divorce him. Good grief! Oh, he hits you. Oh, he's beating you. Okay. Well, it's time the Bible talks about separation. You're not to be. You're not to be verbally abused, physically abused, emotionally abused. And when I'm talking that, you're getting, you're getting a tongue lashing every time you turn around, and they're. They're yelling at you and they're screaming at you and they're disrespecting you, then that's a different topic and you don't divorce them over it, but you do separate. And if they love you, they're going to repent. They're going to make things right. The ball's in your court. If you separate from them because they're treating you bad, the ball's in your court. It's up to you to make the right decisions or you're going to go back in the same mess. What am I saying? What do, can you please interpret? If you separate and you decide to go ahead and go back with them without establishing any boundaries, okay, what I mean by establishing boundaries is, look, you don't talk to me or you don't yell at me, number one, 
Number two, you don't hit me. Number three, you don't mess with the central air just to make my life miserable. Okay, you establish boundaries. Whatever is making you go flat nuts, you establish those boundaries. And hey, you know what? If he decides to keep being an idiot, you establish the boundaries and they walk, go on ahead and um, break those boundaries, go on ahead, separate, get some peace in your home, bring your kids with you, then um, if he loves you, he's going to have to really prove, second time, dude, come on. That's where it gets sticky, and that's where, okay, if I go back to them, then they're going to, they're going to go ahead and um, keep doing the same things. They're going to keep breaking boundaries, and and it's just going to be another a bunch of more lies that they're going to tell me. I understand that. I understand that a thousand percent. I understand your frustration, but you cannot divorce. You can not divorce. There's nowhere in the Bible where it talks about divorcing because somebody treated you wrong, abused you, emotionally abused you, physically abused you. The, Jesus only said the only grounds for divorce is fornication. Period, period, period. Do not find somebody else and commit adultery. You find somebody else, you write a divorcement just because you think you're divorced by the written by writing it, putting it in writing. That does not make you divorced. That does not separate your contract between you and you, God, and him. Or you, God, and her. You can go ahead and say, I'm wrong if you want. My elders has told me this. Brother David Gray questions Pentecostals ass. Nail that to the wall because somebody decided to take another scripture about not being bound to their wife. And they started saying, there you go, you you're get divorced. No, you can't. That's a topic that I am very, I am very convinced that you, if you compromise on that, you can compromise on the, the, the fabric of the family. If you compromise on divorce, you compromise on the fabric of family. And I'm very frustrated because the church is decaying in family. Bottom line, the church, the, if there's a strong family, there's a strong church. And we've got churches filled up with divorced people. And it shouldn't be. It should not be. The church should be filled up with families that are, are married once. And if you've been married multiple times... Don't be shameful. Things happen. You weren't taught right. You did not have the appropriate teaching. The counsel wasn't right. Okay, maybe by mere chance, you found three ladies that they all had, uh, was right at one time and then they, they went back to their old man or old lady 
then that's one thing. And I'm not the judge of that. So I'm not going to get involved into who's right and who's wrong and who's, who's justified and who's not. But I am going to tell you what's justifiable and what's not justifiable. And just because there's domestic violence does not give an option for divorce, period. Going on. So just as long-suffering has to be in a relationship to fix a relationship, if it is falling apart, you have to get in your spirit that, you know what, I am called of God. I want to be a minister. I want to be a Sunday school teacher. I want to be singing on the platform. I want to do all this stuff for God. You have to get into your spirit. I'm going to wait. They that wait upon the Lord. Okay? You got to get in your heart to wait. If you don't get in your heart to wait and you're impatient, you're going to push doors open. On that note, so I, my, one of my buddies in the past, and it, he... He, he said he had a calling of God to go preach. He never said that before. He went out with this girl, come back with a calling. I was like, you're called to preach. Awesome, dude. Great. So, um, how's this new girl you just met? He goes, yeah, she said she said she is, uh, she's called to marry a preacher. And so now I feel a calling that I should be a preacher. I, I don't, I don't. I'm not a Bible scholar, but I don't think you should probably uh, get your calling from a female. I mean, maybe maybe that could happen. I'm not going to say God won't use a female to do that. but And um, so this, this lady decided to tell this to him, and, and then now he's got this calling. And the pastor knew... In the spirit that he was not called to preach. And there's several things I could talk about why I understand is what he said. It would it would really be a reproach to the church if he was called. But who knows? God could use you know, God could use a donkey, he could use anybody. He can use me. If he can use me, he could use anybody. And so he goes to the pastor without waiting on his calling and he told, tells the pastor, I'm called to preach. Then um, he comes out of the office discouraged because he's not called to preach. Or he could be just discouraged that he's not going to be hooked up with this girl that's looking for a preacher. At any rate... Um, The um, he's not in church anymore, and which breaks my heart every time I see him. He dodges all types of questions about God. I don't think he quit because of that. It's just there's other things involved that he quit church. But you gotta wait. You have to wait. If you feel a calling to preach, go tell the pastor and and and, and say, hey, I am. I feel something in my spirit that I need to do something for God. But you let how it happens to God. You leave it to God on how it happens. Because if it's God's will, if the Lord builds the church, you know, we labor not in vain. Um, so that concludes this 
uh, podcast. Thank you for joining um, Doctrine Matters podcast. Sorry, I'm driving down through downtown Chicago. I've been driving downtown Chicago for 24 minutes. And it's been stop and go, so I am choppy how I'm talking, but I thought I'd get that out there. It's been a thought in my mind, and I'm delivering it. We love you guys. If you have any questions, please email me, and I will answer those questions whether I want to or not. And I'm hoping that there is revival in your churches. There's revival in your homes. If you don't have an apostolic home, please email me. I give you my phone number. We can find the closest apostolic church. And I will say this. If you don't live by an apostolic church, you need to go move. What's more important than work, and this is another topic, and I'll leave it be. I'll leave it. That's an infomercial. That's a commercial. I'm going to talk about that. You need to move if you're not living close to an apostolic church. That's tough, but that's just the way it is. It's either gain the whole world and lose your soul. Or lose the whole world and gain your soul. I'm out. God bless.